0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio
1: with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello and welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Podcast. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I'm so excited to switch it up a little bit today. I have a super important topic that I don't feel like enough people are having the conversation, and I'm super excited if you're not in the know to actually be able to empower you as a woman, as a child, as an individual. Um, whoever's listening and who's open-hearted enough to really grasp um, the importance of what we're about to talk about today. So thank you for tuning in and buckle in to be in the know and to practice some hardcore undoing. Thank you and welcome to our Empowerment podcast, Lindsay Amer. Hello, thanks for having me. I am so excited to dive into this. Um, I would love to sort of, can you give us in a nutshell, like what you're up to and how you describe that to others, like your pitch, like the importance of what you're doing. Um, I know you know it best and I was not going to read off a script because I was told that doesn't really work. (laughs) Um, But yeah, tell us what you're up to in the world and then I would love to sort of hear how you got started. Yeah, totally. Um, So...
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay. You can call me Linz. Um, I run, I do a lot of things, um, but primarily I am a creator making LGBTQ plus and social justice media for uh, kids and families. So that means I have a flagship web series. It's called Queer Kid Stuff um, that lives on YouTube and I do LGBTQ plus and social justice, it's kind of like Edutainment edutainment for all ages. Um, And that's called queer kid stuff. I said that already. And um, I co-host that with my uh, stuffed best friend, Teddy. Uh, And we do songs and uh, do crafts and talk about the LGBTs and gender and pronouns and lots of different kind of like social justice topics um, in kind of like a fun, positive environment, which I feel like doesn't necessarily happen for um, kids' content a lot. Um, and so, since that kind of like flagship web series has kind of taken off, um, I've done, been doing a lot of other stuff since and kind of building it out into kind of a multimedia production company of sorts. Uh, so, I just started my own podcast called Activist You, where I interview, yeah, podcast. Um, where I interview kid and youth activists about kind of like their passions and what they're up to and what it's like kind of being a real kid who also is an activist and making change in the world and following um, and, trying to, and trying to make things better for all of us. Um, so I get to talk to some really, really cool kids. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of in that space working in um, digital world. I have been doing a lot of live streams for kids and families now that we're in quarantine um, and trying to get together some kind of like digital remote learning resources for LGBT families. Um, Yeah, and like working on a lot of writing to do um, LGBT and representation in children's media, which doesn't really exist and uh, needs a little bit of help.
1: Yes, exactly. So if you didn't catch all that awesomeness, let me just bottom line this for you. Right, (laughs) like she, they are out educating individuals like kids our future generations on how to understand sexuality, how to grasp binary genders, non-binary, all the whole thing, like LGBTQIA education for kids. So if you're an individual that's out there who maybe this isn't your realm or you don't know anyone or you have a kid that's coming up in school that isn't being educated on this, she, they make a really great... Um, educational series on YouTube and podcast to basically sit and learn together with children. I thank you. Yes, this needs more support to be empowered everywhere by everyone. Um, <laughs> so, tell us about your journey. Tell us how sort of this experience has evolved for you, and what got you started in realizing we aren't educating people as much as we can about this it's relevant, current and behind in its time.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting cause I feel like I, I ended up in kind of this like very niche, um, thing that I do, but it actually came about pretty organically, surprisingly enough. Um, so I, I was a theater major, um, and kind of like came up, I grew up in New York, um, with like pretty liberal parents, although like, you know, unfortunately all very straight white people. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of exposure to diversity, but not a lot of um, diversity in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so although I did grow up in kind of like an unconventional family structure, my parents are divorced, remarried, I got step siblings, step parents. Um, so kind of like growing up in like that kind of like weirdness in itself in that environment um, and like lack of representation of that as well um so I grew up in New York um went off to college studied theater at northwestern um and while I was there I kind of like went in and I was like yeah I'm gonna be this like really cool musical theater person I'm gonna play all these parts and like do all this stuff and get all these shows yeah 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 and uh when I got there I just wasn't getting cast in anything because I'm not like your typical ingenue um it's just like not my vibe it's not It's not the kind of, like, type I fall into or fell into um, because the parts don't really exist for people like me. Um, They're starting to now, but back in, like, what, 2011, when I was first starting college, they definitely didn't. Um, So I kind of, like, fell out of the acting pool and was like, okay, this was the thing that I loved to do. What do I do with it now that this is, like, where I thought I was going to be with it? So... I, um, I started, um, kind of fell into theater for young audiences. Um, I always loved like Pixar movies and all ages entertainment and the theater for young audiences or children's theater. Um, when it's good, it's like, you're just watching a Pixar movie, but on stage. Um, I, I love, I love children's theater when it's good. There's some, there's some very bad children's theater.
1: Yeah. Um, I think.
0: yeah. Um, but I kind of, there's, there's a really robust program for it at Northwestern and I just got to study with some really amazing professors and I was also kind of coming out at the same time, um, when I was a sophomore, sophomore, junior, something like that. I um, met my first girlfriend and yada, 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 and, um, declared a gender studies minor <laughs> and, uh.
1: Yes, why taking, wouldn't you? Yep,
0: exactly. I uh, started taking queer theory and, uh was realizing that I like had these kind of like two passions that were kind of coming up in my life. This like, like thinking about like all of this like gender stuff and sexuality and identity and kind of grappling with all that and kind of like a philosophical, philosophical space, but also in like a, uh, just like in processing my own identity and coming out as more firmly as queer and not really kind of dealing with my gender stuff quite yet, but um, starting to come into myself in that way. And then also this like, art form that I was falling in love with. And I saw that there wasn't any queer storytelling in children's theater. Um, so I found what little there was <laughs> of that genre and started working on that and, and studying it and, and kind of trying to dissect it. And uh, I went off to grad school for, oh, actually, let me rewind a little bit. Um, I directed my first um, show, which was this wonderful little play called The Transition of Doodle Pequeño by Gabriel Jason Dean, and it is about, yeah, it's a very sweet show, um, and it features one of the kind of supporting characters as a boy um, who likes to wear dresses, and we tried to tour that, kind of like the local Evanston area, and a couple of the tour performances got canceled because of like quote-unquote inappropriate content. Oh, um, yeah, so that was kind of like the first experience I had with any kind of controversy around this work Mm -hmm. and uh it I think it it was it was definitely like it brought up a lot of emotions obviously when that was happening and like that kind of being the first time I came up against that but I also kind of saw that I had hit a nerve um and that was kind of like a learning experience in that and I like wrote about it online and yeah uh, there was a lot of like chatter about it um So then the next year when I graduated, I went off to London to do my MA um, and just kind of like continue studying this and figuring out what this could be because it didn't exist and people weren't doing it. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't like wait around for playwrights to write the plays that I wanted to direct. That just wasn't, uh, Patience is not my middle name. And uh, (laughs) um, so I kind of was developing what my like art practice might become. And I was just kind of sitting in my flat and I was homesick and I was watching a lot of LGBT YouTubers at the time, um, who were based in the States and just to kind of like feel a little bit of America, which is a weird sensation. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then I just kind of like, I don't know, the idea just kind of like kind of came together and I, and I Google searched, um, what, what does gay mean? Just that question, because you know, what does a kid do right now when they're, going when they hear a word for the first time they go to the internet and they search for it so I searched, what does gay mean and uh, the only things that came up that I saw were a dictionary definition just like dictionary.com and a couple of resources that were for parents and educators but there was nothing that was like expressly for young people um so I came back to the states and I grabbed a couple of friends who knew how to work a camera because I didn't and um we made the pilot for Quark Kid stuff, and uh, it kind of took off, and now we're here five years later, and it's got, i have made over 50 videos for it. I've, uh, it's gotten over like, it's over 2 million views li- over its lifetime now. Um, it's, I've been traveling the country, doing, uh, live shows at libraries, schools, museums, community centers, and, uh, kind of like making a career out of this and, uh, touching a lot of families. And, uh, I have a TED talk where I talk about it a lot more eloquently than I probably am here. Um, and that's got, oh, that's gotten a lot of buzz. So it's, uh, it's really exciting work and it's, it's really necessary and uh, people want it. And, uh, I don't know, we're seeing uh, shows like Steven Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power, and all this, like, cool work that's being done in the children media space that is, like, kind of starting to catch on, and people are, I mean, Steven Universe is beloved, and, oh. uh, yeah, I'm so sad it's ended, um, mm. but, yeah, so I think that it's, it's work that's kind of, like, on the horizon right now and uh, it's been cool to like see it happen from the ground up and to be a part of that kind of like movement
1: listen i never wanted kids ever and there's now like 0.3%. I just want to go rally every kid i can find and be like listen you need to watch this stuff and it's important um and i just can like i've peeped a couple videos we've since we've talked about it a couple times like where can we send people if they're sort of on the fence about what, the magnificence that you do. YouTube is the best place, Queer Kid Stuff on YouTube?
0: Yeah, uh. um, I would probably watch the TED Talk first if you're on the fence. Um, just like let that kind of like convince you and then just kind of follow the links, um, <laughs> follow the white rabbit um, over to, yeah. Um, it, you can hit, hit go to my website, queerkidstuff.com. I'm also on YouTube. Um, the channel is just called Queer Kid Stuff. It's all very
1: um, uh, SEO friendly. Right. And, Listen, uh, yeah. Huh. like, so if you have children and you're listening, like what are the age ranges? Like what's the stamp of approval? Two to two and up two to 15. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean,
0: I like to call it all ages content. Um, awesome. because I, I, I hear a lot of feedback. I get that question a lot. And usually what I'll say is that I write for, like three to seven years old and um i but like i i think that other other age groups can enjoy it i have gotten Mm -hmm. feedback from parents that they um play the music for their infants um that you know teenagers use the videos for their like uh, parents or grandparents to help like uh, explain their identities um
1: right yeah and so kids I imagine are stuffed in front of their iPads, YouTubes, whatever at this time, you know, if you're listening and don't know how to broach this, I mean, we're going to talk about that more, but like search it yourself and then I assume it'll just pop up, you know, later on as recently searched. Um, but I'm going to back up because I think that this is the part where we can dive in as sort of I heard in your story that you were in theater and there you didn't sort of identify, like there wasn't a place for people like you. And I, looking at you on camera, can see you present very androgynous, so very gender neutral. And I can only assume, and reading between the lines, what that means, but I would love to for you to kind of expand so maybe someone listening could self-identify or someone who's presented this to someone else could be like, oh my gosh, me either, what did they mean? Yeah,
0: totally. Um, so I identify as queer and non-binary and I use, um, they, them pronouns. Um, when I was in college and I was kind of figuring all of that out, I was identifying as bisexual and then kind of like started coming into the word queer a little bit more concretely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was looking this up the other day, actually the, the musical Fun Home based on the Alison Bechtel. Um, graphic novel about her kind of like life coming out as like a queer person. Um, the musical adaptation came out when I was in college in, I believe 2013. And that was the first part I ever like actually felt like I could play. Um, and I mean, we didn't do it at my school, but um, I felt like that was like, okay, like that's a character that makes sense to like me and my life and is like a, an androgynous kind of like type. I mean like I, I always have always wanted to like play Peter Pan, like that kind of that kind of in-between space where like gender is being problematized a little bit in in a character. And there just there isn't a lot of that in theater, in mm-hmm. film and television. I think it's I think film and television is like starting to catch up a little bit with like a couple actors who are non-binary and doing mm-hmm. cool things. Um, But yeah, it just non-binary representation just like really is very scarce, Um, even with like, I I feel like the the cultural dialogue is becoming a little bit less binary and people are starting to kind of like understand that concept um, Mm -hmm. to an extent, Um, but it's definitely something that's still pretty invisible. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and that's not something I came to until later in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm 28 and I came out as non-binary at like I think I was 26 when I started like experimenting or maybe like 25 um, when I started kind of experimenting with using they them pronouns mm-hmm. and and that only happened because well one I started like entrenching myself in LGBT activism that was definitely right. a part of it but I also um, I went. I don't know if people know the um the, it's a website called Auto Straddle, which is a strange name, but is it's a um it's a it's a women run, um, trans non-binary run um website for queer trans non-binary um people, mostly women identified or um um a, a fab, which is um aside female at birth, um just kind of like a queer terminology shorthand. Mm-hmm. And uh that website runs a camp called A Camp most years and they um it, it's just kind of like a space i it was like it's like a 5 day camp and i just like i went for networking purposes i wrote it off on my taxes <laughs> and um it was the first place i'd ever been to where i felt like, well, well like they, then pronouns were normalized around me. Mm. Uh, and I had friends who, um, used they then pronouns and, it, and I had friends over the years where that happened and they would kind of like pop in and out of my life, but it was never something so consistent. And it was never something where I was like, Oh, maybe that like could feel right for me. So I kind of went home after that and I was like, okay, like I, um, I was like nearly single and I was just like, okay, I'm going to start experimenting with like using she and they and start, going to start talking about that and see what kind of feels right for me and like my body. And, uh, yeah, everyone was like, my friends are all really supportive. That's when I met my partner and she was really helpful with all of that and kind of like being like listening and figuring that out with me. And, uh, then I kind of, I, I actually come out as non-binary in queer kid stuff. There's like a, Three episode arc where I like. What the like, way?
1: Why <laughs> right? wouldn't exactly. you? Why wouldn't you? Exactly.
0: Um, where I kind of like explain non binary identity to Teddy, and then there's an episode where I kind of come out as non binary to Teddy, and we have that conversation. Um, so that was kind of like a fun little thing to write in of like this, like me coming out and like figuring out my identity at the same time, but also like writing this kind of like persona, like uh, I play myself, but it's a, it's a persona. Um, and so kind of like writing that, um, and, and writing my coming out within that kind of character and to Teddy, which is my, Teddy's my actual childhood stuffed animal. Um, just fun facts. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was kind of, it was an interesting kind of like layering of like figuring myself out and it's, I mean, I've only been out as non-binary for like, what, two years now. And I mean, there's still a lot I'm like kind of discovering about myself. Like I recently started finding, um, not right now because we're in quarantine. I'm like, why? N- <laughs> why? <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, there's like a lot that I'm still kind of discovering about that. Cause like being out for two years and like discovering it's about nothing. that, about yourself is nothing. And I mean I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time in my life like not Oof. understanding that in myself and I think that that's true for a lot of people and Vamp. I just like didn't really I always knew that there was something about gender that was like going on like my name was always kind of like oh like that doesn't feel quite right mm-hmm. um and they're like she, like she her pronouns never felt like quite right and never felt super feminine I was always kind of like Dressing a little bit more masculine when I was coming out, and uh, I always felt like if my parents wanted me to like dress up for something, I never wanted to wear a dress or a skirt, I would always get yelled at for wearing jeans. Um, and and like figuring out like now I wear suits, and that's it's I think the gender expression and, like, the experimentation with that kind of happened first and then the pronouns kind of followed after. And that's obviously not true for everyone, but...
1: Yeah, I love that. Gosh, like, you just make this so real and normal. Like, thanks for bringing, like, your humanity. And I imagine there's just so much, like, oh, to have it all figured out right away. Thanks, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. the, like we're all ever learning. And Mm -hmm. I just like, love, you're like, oh, two years, that's nothing. Um, So if you're listening and and you're, can totally identify, or you've, you're sort of on the same track, like, we're all learning. And it's like a continual learning journey. Um, And for anybody who's listening, who's also, maybe this isn't your world, or maybe the first kind of conversation that you've had or heard about this, can you kind of explain like, what's the difference between gender and sexuality? Like, how do you break that down? Um, and so that people can kind of grasp what we're really kind of talking about.
0: Yeah, so gender and sexuality are like pretty fully separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, so to like talk about sexuality, you have to talk about gender. So let's talk about gender first. Um, gender is about how you feel. Um, it's it's a little bit more like ooey gooey, feeling kind of things and it's, it's a little bit more difficult to explain, but everybody feels their gender somehow. And um, and that's about, and that kind of like manifests in a lot of different ways because of how we function as humans, right? So that's about pronouns. So your gender identity, um, that's about your, how you dress and how you express yourself to the world, through your hair, your clothes, your um, hobbies, I guess. Um, and that's your gender expression. So those kind of like two things, kind of come together to make up your gender, which is separate from sex, which is kind of like talking about bodies and like what kind of body people have. And that's kind of like a separate thing from gender, but also like, uh, that, that gets complicated. Um, so we don't have to deal with that quite yet. You can, you can search for some YouTube videos. So um, yeah, right.
1: And also the moral of this show is there's no black and white. So we're not yes. going to put everything into two boxes. So thanks for like, it's the gray area, and also people can make it what they want and identify what they want, and that's what we're pushing for. Like that's the empowerment, is because if you don't fit in a box, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. no longer is it not okay to not be one or the other. Like there's more. Actually,
0: there's much more. Exactly.
1: So thanks exactly. for that. So,
0: yeah, of course, yeah. So we're ta- so when we talk about gender, we're talking about um, gender binary and non-binary. So there's so instead of like boy and girl, there's like kind of like a larger spectrum of identity of kind of like people who are in between and outside of kind of what we know as like boy girl being these kind Mm -hmm. of like epicenters and that's Um, the binary yeah so that's the binary um so when I say that I'm non-binary I say that I kind of for me that means I live kind of like an in-between space um for others it might mean they live kind of like closer to one closer to the other but are still non-binary um it could mean they kind of live outside of gender, like kind of like an agender thing, someone who lives without gender. Um, there's lots of different ways to kind of interpret a non-binary mm-hmm. identity, um, which is kind of what's, what's cool and magical about it.
1: Um,
0: it can kind of be wherever you feel.
1: Right. Um, and it, I think it's just like, I the thing that I want to mm-hmm. identify, I mean, because I live in Portland and I just have been involved heavily in the LGBTQ community for the last six years, like... Um, if you're listening, it's not about needing to understand it. Like it's not about needing to know it, needing to live it. It's just kind of like I want to empower. Just let people be who they want to be. And this episode is the intention is just to kind of give you an educational opportunity to just kind of be on the inside to hear someone experience their or, uh, express their experience and just sort of create the awareness of you know my experiences. It doesn't need to be this righteous activist thing that they're like, I'm non-binary. So identify me as, you know, and also it's individuals trying to figure it out and to understand that we're not in a day where this age, like things need to fit no box. Boxes are out. Like, and this is one way, like this community is defying that. And, you know, I hope that we can all stop living in the black and white <laughs> moving forward, but I, I just uh, I love everything that's coming out of your mouth. Thank you. Like, just you yeah, to pause and emphasize that.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's important to understand. I think a lot of people get caught up in like making sure they're correct and making sure that they get the pronouns right. And there's a lot of kind of like anxiety around that. And mm-hmm. I think it's it, for me, what it's about is intentionality of you know having the motivation to do the work and to try and unlearn these structures that we've grown up with but like you know if you're a 30 year old person who's just learning about this that's 30 years of your life you've spent within this structure of a binary gender system and that's a lot of years to undo and Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of effort and i think that like as long as you're like and this is just from my opinion um I think that, uh, pronouns are different for everyone. Um, but for me, if you mess up my pronouns, just, you know, say, sorry, move on, try better next time. Um, -hmm. and I think that that's, that's what's most important. Um, and then to talk about sexuality a little bit, that's just, it's a separate thing. Um, but has kind of like a structural, you need to kind of understand gender to understand Mm -hmm. sexuality. Um, The way that I talk about sexuality um, is in kind of a kid-friendly, all-ages way. And the way I I talk about it as being about gender and, like, love and relationships. Mm. So it's just kind of, like, taking this idea of, like, love, relationships, family, and you can kind of, like, mix and match whatever genders you're um, kind of, like, approaching that with. So someone who's gay is going to be their people who are in the relationship are the same sex. Um, if you're bisexual, people who could be in that relationship, um, could be, um, the same gender could be a different gender. So if you're a woman and you identify cisgender, you could, and you're bisexual, you could have a relationship with a cisgender man. You could have a relationship with a transgender woman. Um, it kind of like all over the spectrum there um so yeah so that's kind of what sexuality is, is is kind of like taking this idea that we just talked about about gender I'm using my hands and I'm like I'm on a podcast
1: I know I'm all <laughs> listen I'm 32 and the animation that's happening visually like I'm gonna go watch all these videos I've watched like a large handful of them um and that's, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry for all the people uh, at home who can't see my gesture. I know. So go watch the videos, YouTube for <laughs> kids stuff. um I love that piece. And again, you know, in case you're listening and you've not heard of sort of like what is Cisgender—it's—it's essentially—it's assigned at birth. Like that's the gender you've been assigned. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, sorry, I was. No, no, it's okay. Forget what. Just in case, I, I always
1: know. pretend that like anybody who's listening is like, not nah, this is their first time. So I was just like to break it down just in case, and if you haven't already, this is a nice refresher. <laughs>
0: yeah. So the so the dichotomy here is cisgender versus transgender, and so someone who is cisgender identifies with the gender they were assigned at birth, and if. Uh, you're transgender. You don't identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. Um, so usually people fall into two camps. Um, some folks I I don't necessarily identify as either. I just kind of identify as Damn. non-binary, um, and and that's okay too. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what cool. sexuality and gender is in a nutshell, sort of.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really like how you break that down so simple. It's really. You know, you almost, for me, it's just like you have your agenda, your gender and how you identify and express yourself and who, as who you are. And then sexuality sort of as how you love and like mm-hmm. the way and the people in which that you love and the terminology you choose to identify as. And, yeah, it, and- I've always assumed queers like, and if you don't want to identify with any of them and you're just, kick-ass awesome you're just queer that's great oh yeah totally you can find it whatever you want
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and i think that the the way that i explain it too actually reflects the way that we start to understand in our lives so talking about gender first uh according to the american academy of pediatrics um children understand their gender identity at, at like the age of four um it's one of like the first things we understand about ourselves as people when we're kind of like our brains are developing and we're kind of like these little sponges walking around pulling in all this information and it's one of the first things we can like actually understand about ourselves and express ourselves in our pronouns because kids kids know and can use their own pronouns and understand pronouns for other people um even at the age of like four and then um sexuality is something that kind of comes later teens mm-hmm. tend to come out and like when they're prepubescent like and, and going through puberty and like relationships and love and like romance and like that kind of thing is starting to come up in their lives in that like kind of developmentally appropriate age. So it's, it's these two things kind of like come one after the other and like sex is not even a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like it's that comes later and like it doesn't, I mean, I think it's important to talk about sex with kids but um, you know, it, it, it does bring in this kind of complication of like is that appropriate for young children and all that. And so I think that like that is a separate conversation
1: that can be dealt with on its own
0: outside of gender and sexuality and uh, the sex conversation is kind of like a separate entity.
1: I love that because I was literally just going to play the devil's advocate because I mm-hmm. um, I imagine people are like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. Um, and I think that that's, again, I just I can't reiterate this enough. It's not that you need to identify with any of this. Like it's being an open receptacle, like an open parent and uh, like cooler hit parent that can talk about this to leave sort of the paved way if and when your child wants to identify as any of this um, I I can't imagine how unsafe you present if you're not like open to having these conversations and um, you know check your own stuff really because I feel like children don't have any of this unless you force it on them or they don't have it modeled and see it somewhere else. So, ah, like I can't reiterate the importance of this work. Oh my gosh. Um, has sort of your experience been sort of around that topic? Like, what have you seen? Like, what is sort of the impact of having seen that? Um, you work with so many kids. Have you had sort of like the stories that they've shared or even your own, just so that people can kind of hear what the impact is and how this, um, really hurts our kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the biggest reason why I started doing this work and why it's it started becoming important to me um, is because I I this is the work that I wish that I had when I was a kid. And every single queer person that I ever talk to about what I do, at some point in the conversation, they'll say, man, I wish I had that when I was a kid. And it's just like this kind of constant refrain. Did we go away? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so it's this, it's this kind of like constant refrain that happens when I have these conversations with queer people and, and I mean, yeah, I'm making the work that I wish I could have given like my younger self and I can't do that obviously. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try and help today's kids. And I definitely see that. Um, sorry, distracted by the chat. Um, and, (laughs) um, I think oh that that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I it's it's cool now that I've been doing these live gigs for the past couple of years, and I can see kind of like the queer parents who are coming, the kids who identify as queer or are from queer parent households and I there's a point in my like live show where I I talk about gender and I talk about pronouns and I ask if anyone's comfortable sharing their own pronouns with the room. And sometimes I get kids who are presenting as female who use he him pronouns, who Hmm. are using non-binary pronouns and it's and I think sometimes it's a little surprising to the parents mm-hmm. um and I and I really hope that that like kind of sparks conversations when they go home of like whether or not like maybe they weren't understanding like the question that was happening if they're not understanding um the pronouns that they were saying they were or like if they do fully understand that and they're expressing that for the first time or if that's something that they've already had conversations about um maybe that's why they're queer kids though um, so I think that it's, it's been really cool to kind of see that and to see kind of like when older kids come in and are, and are like kind of bopping along to the songs and we'll talk about their pronouns and, and we'll come up to me afterwards and say, Hey, and say hi to Teddy and get a selfie. And it's uh it's really cool. That's why I love calling it all ages work. Cause you see like these like infants and like, like the two year olds who are running around and just having fun to the dance songs and you also see the the kids who are like 12 and coming in and talking about how unicorns are their favorite animal and, and how they like totally understand all this like cool, mm-hmm. like activist feminist stuff. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's a really interesting, it's always a really interesting room. Um, and it's, uh, it's really cool to kind of like, because c- with the web series, obviously I'm like kind of stuck behind a screen and I can't mm-hmm. see what families are doing with the work. I can see the view count, but like that doesn't mean anything to me. right And
1: it's uh, it's really cool to be able to get out and like do that work, you know? Absolutely, just be on the like ground level. Um, oh man, I'm just so in love with this. Again, never wanted kids, but I'm like, man, how do I rally? Where do I know where kids go? Because I hear like, and okay, like maybe it's not your specific child. Maybe they're not exhibiting any of these things. Um, maybe your kid's not even there yet, but I sort of hear like even the importance on the flip side of maybe this may not be something on your child's radar, but how do we build up our kids to be allies to individuals that are also trying to figure this out to support, um, you know, individuals that don't look the way they look or identify the way they look or, or, you know, and it's like that, that's important too. Like, that's also our responsibility to create more love. And that, that creates like a ripple effect as well there wasn't a question that I just thought just happened, but I'm just like, Oh, come on. This is so important. Um, so how do we've talked about it enough now? So like, how do we, how do you present this so that parents see the importance of like educating themselves and their children? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that this is like the world we're living in now. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the percentage of LGBT people in our generation gets bigger and bigger as in every generation. So, like, Gen Z has, I think it's, like, something nutty, like, 30 to 60% of Love Gen it. Z doesn't Ugh. identify as heterosexual. So that kind of, like, is anywhere on the queer spectrum. I think I'm saying that statistic right. It's a, okay.
1: And we're not going to check it. Proof <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's so something cool. to wrap your mind around, 30 to potentially yeah. 60. There's just a large group, period. And that's yeah, exactly. amazing.
0: And, like, that is, like, like that's not someone – like, that person in that percentile is not just, like, like, maybe, like, an extended relative, or, like, that could be your kid. That, mm-hmm. like, could be your kid's best friend. Like, that could, that like, like, that could be you in a couple of years, like, coming to a better understanding of your identity. And mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. not something that, like, is other. It's something that's very present in right. people's lives. And I think that it's really about, understanding and spreading knowledge because it's not something that exists in main in the mainstream in the way that it needs to because we're just so inundated with all these stories of like mediocre white men um and and that's something that's changing but it's slow Uh, and I think that that's why I don't know like I'm doing this work as like an indie creator and like making the things that you know big production houses aren't doing because they're scared Um, and it doesn't make a lot of money and, but, but that doesn't mean that it's not necessary and there isn't a market for it and that it isn't, you know, something that we need to be doing anyways. And uh, capitalism sucks. (laughs) And, uh, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's, this is like how we make the world a better place. Like we, yeah. And I think that, and I think that. You know, maybe it's not going to happen in our lifetime, but like we can empower young people to create the future that they want. And I think that that's already happened with like our generation and like Mm -hmm. us, you know, starting to become come into positions of power. And that's why we're starting to see so much cool, diverse stuff because our generation kind of like started that. Right. (laughs) Um, And I think it's and I think millennials have been very like mindful of. not every millennial, but like, um, it's, it's been a more connected world because we grew up with the internet and I, I think that where that's, it's starting, like change is starting to happen and it's cool to see that and it's cool to see what like the fruits of our labor labor will kind of like create when the people who were educating come into leadership positions as well.
1: I really, um. I'm left. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's all change really. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're in it for the quick change uh, move to a queer friendly uh, city and you'll find that really quick. Um, But the thing that sort of when you're talking and you're just kind of like, how can like, we can make this a more loving and accepting place. And I really just think of sort of everybody who I went to school with um, and I'm trying to not be stereotypical, but it's very like I can clearly pick out the very loner, angsty, isolated, bullied, picked on um you know individual who at one point looked like a female and then some point in our high school like looked very like confusing and I was like, Oh well, they wanna go by a sort of masculine name and present pretty masculine and like that person's life could have been a lot less bullying if we would have been more educated to be like, oh, actually this is okay and not a reason to pick this person out or think about some of the crimes or like think about people who, you know, are being forced to like, you actually can't be yourself. Sorry, that's not an option. And I imagine after many, many years, like that would make me super angry. Like would crime go down? Would bullying go down? Would, you know what I mean? Like all of these things that we're seeing that's creating the us versus them and like how many divorces might actually not happen because you don't feel forced to like marry into the same age and how much family strife could go down if a father could accept or a daughter, you know, a daughter felt accepted. Wow. Like this is like little tiny stuff. If we could all check ourselves and all be open-minded or educated or right, like patient and whatever, like this isn't, oh my gosh. Like, I don't even know. There's gotta be statistics
0: no there definitely are and I think that it's I mean it's all in the service of like helping other people live happier lives you know and I think that like it's it's I mean to go even further with that I mean it's to help like mental health I mean the Trevor Project does amazing work they're an organization that does um has a suicide hotline for teens LGBT um youth um and I mean I think that right now during coronavirus I think that they're everything is like totally yeah because uh, but yeah yeah, but um i think that like rates for like like suicidal like lgbtq plus youth like is starting to go down i think a little bit i uh, can't quote me on that but like i think that i mean that's what we're trying to fix right it's we're trying to fix Mm -hmm. you know a cultural mentality and that means bringing the count down on the uh, Mm -hmm. the number of trans women of color that get killed every year and it's Mm -hmm. in and it's about, it's about changing a cultural mentality because it's, I mean, it's about mental health. It's about literal literal violence against Mm -hmm. the the community. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's not just about happiness. And while that's like incredibly important, it's about, you know, accepting people and, and accepting that there's a a wider diversity of experience than maybe we're, we're shown. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that nothing's more important than like keeping people alive and happy and uh you I mean you you would hope that that's that's what people want um
1: yeah it's it's so crazy and I think that um I just think of my own personal experience you know I I, I remember I flew my dad out to where I was living at the time and I just um just, he was like, Oh, bring in all your friends. And at the time, all my friends were lesbians. And you know, by the end of the night, a lot of drinks later, it was just kind of like, are you fucking gay? And it's like, wow, can we not have this conversation when you're like probably blackout, you know? And I think if I'm, you know, I'm a coach by profession, I've been coached the last five years. Like I've also been to therapy in and out of it for numerous reasons. I think if I wasn't a strong willed person, like that could have been the very dividing line that I would have been like, Nope, you don't expect me you don't actually get to be a part of my life. You're out. Um, and think about thinking of sort of like, if I'm not that strong of a person to be like, I'm going to force this into your face and you're going to accept this for as long as I accept this until I figure out what the hell I'm doing. But like, um, you know, how many parents have lose a kid because of that, because they're not, um, you know, accepting. And I think of sort of his response was like, well, I really wanted kids. And I thought you'd grow out of this, not having kids thing. And I was hoping to, you know, see you at the end of the aisle. And it's just like, Wow, your expectations are what's supposed to dictate my happy ever after. Like, fascinating, right? Like, I don't care if I grow out of that or not, right? It just, for me, it was just like, whoa. Um, And I moved away from a city that was very conventional, and I moved away from a city that was this or that, and there was no other options. And to move into a city where I'm like, whoa, like, there's so many different types of diversity. I had no idea, you know, uh, it's what helped molded me to be so open-minded and not everybody gets the luxury to move away. Um, or everybody gets the luxury of open-minded parents. So how do we change that? And how do we, um, I mean, I just, my, my dad stopped going on Facebook cause he didn't want to see all my pictures with all these other women. It's just like, come on. Um, and here I am just like, because I went to therapy, because I realized I had ish daddy issues, because I like excavated those and mended that and fought for it and forced it. And, you know, now I can be like, I don't care what you think about anything I do. And we can still be father, daughter, you know, but it took so many years of work, so much years of work and not everybody has that luxury. So I'm just so personally moved by how important this stuff is. And so like, oh, that you're starting with kids so they don't have to deal with all these things. Um, and just if, if a kid brought up their conversation to their parents, then they have more years to like wrap their mind around it. I can't. I can't even. It's so good. Um, I, it's just the ripple effect just really blows my mind on why this is so important. Um, I'm like, did we touch on everything? Because it's just, I can't reiterate how important this is. Ah, it's so good.
0: Yeah, I think we had a lot of stuff.
1: Um, so I think sort of the other part, um, I just sort of like want to underline is that it isn't sort of, I've had like conversations in other places about like, oh, this is going to have your kid melt their mind and then they're going to all of a sudden believe that they need to be this way and you're feeding them stuff that's going to make them it's it's not about that it's so no it's so much more neutral it's just kind of like hey just so you know these are some options take them or leave him.
0: yeah i i get a lot of like you're indoctrinating kids um a lot of like that kind of rhetoric um in like that this work is like somehow controversial, which, which still baffles me because I'm just literally, I'm like hanging out with a teddy bear with my ukulele and people are calling that like, oh. this like brainwashing thing. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean, isn't all education when it boils down to it, indoctrination? Um, cause there's no such thing as objectivity, you know, like we're, when we're talking about like, when you teach like the civil war in, you know, elementary and middle school classes, like you're still, you're still talking about it from a bias, probably a white bias and potentially like wherever you are in the United States, like you're, you're talking, you're being taught that stuff from the perspective of the people who are teaching it to you. Mm-hmm. So most likely a white person and mm-hmm. probably, and I mean, if you're in the North or in the South, like it, that, that, that colors that. And I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's a very similar idea of like, this is just my version of that information. And Mm -hmm. as a queer person, I can speak to um, the side of it that's not being talked about the side that is marginalized. And I think that it's really important to have a diversified education um, Mm -hmm. in that way. And you're getting different perspectives on the same topic. And and I think that my way is more well-rounded.
1: <laughs> right. And it gives and like, yeah, to too. right. Absolutely. So, yeah. And it gives the, the, the child or the watcher sort of the, like, here's the options, choose what you may. And, and it gives the child the power, like who's to say the parents has that power, you know, I, like, yeah, it just, I'm like, check yourself before you wreck them. Yeah, because all, <laughs> all it is,
0: yeah, exactly. I and mean, Because all, all it is, is exposure to information. That's mm-hmm. all I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, we've already kind of like gone over it, but like the thing that I get told like all the time is like, this is inappropriate. Like you should be doing this for an older age range. And I'm like, no, like what's inappropriate about it? Like if you're talking about sex being inappropriate for kids, like one, that's a whole conversation that we can have, but, uh, and how like we can explain sex in a way that, um, is appropriate for young people um, to understand, but also like I'm talking about gender, I'm talking about sexuality, and neither of those things has anything to do with sex. Um, and I think that it's I I just think it's a moot point right now. Mm. And you know, there's only so many like if you come in if you come at me with that argument, like there's only so many people I'm going to be able to convince otherwise um, right. because that's what they're kind of coming into that discussion with. And those are the kids, you know, who. Um, you know, if those are parents and they have kids that so they're and they're trying to show them like that kind of way of dealing with things, those are a lot of the kids who have the mental health issues, who who Thank you. you know grow up to be queer, who are, who do struggle, and like yep. and I think that that's you know it's not about like protecting a kid, protecting, quote unquote protecting a kid from this information isn't helping them. No, you know? like it's it's all about having knowledge and having knowledge that like okay like maybe i don't identify with they them pronouns maybe i maybe i do identify with how i was assigned at birth and like i'm glad that i know that and have been able to rule out other options because you know that information was kept from me um I am. and i think that and i think that that is a form of violence in itself
1: it's ugh like i just think of like you as a parent are you more committed to being righteous being more are you more committed to not being embarrassed that you're willing to harm your child mentally, you're willing to Mm -hmm. like condemn them to an unhappy life. Like, really? Like, I think that that's like boiling it down. Like, and even, you know, say you're a peer, like, are you really willing to sort of give someone a brain aneurysm because you're deeply uncomfortable with your own identity and sexuality so you need to bully someone and like i'm not here to make anybody wrong and i'm not on a high horse i just kind of i like to sort of throw out there the different perspectives so you can really chew on it like that's do you need to be that right <laughs> like do we do we re- like it's like we all as individuals have our our, our own mm-hmm. stuff and we have more than enough stuff on our own side of the street that we really wouldn't even have enough time to pick up our own head to realize our new neighbors like really mm-hmm. Um, Um, so we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about, you know, you as an individual, your experience, hopefully people listening can relate, how to educate parents, how to be a better ally. Um, What are some sort of tools that you point people in the direction to using? Like I know for me, community is huge. I've done a lot of research on how to find other people because it helped me sort of normalize, like, what am I going through? I know no one who experiences this or who's talking about it. Um, so for me, I'm like, oh, meet up, get out there. But then I'm also like, oh, kids. So what are some tools um, that you sort of recommend to support people in navigating this?
0: Yeah, um, there are lots out there, um, especially for like educators and parents. Um, I think that that's kind of like where there actually is a lot of resources. Mm. There are a lot of resources. Um, I think first off, start by reading. Um, I think that there there are a lot of books out there that can help, um, particularly parents. Any favorites? For parents. Um. Uh. Oh man, what's the book called? Um, a book for not- parents of gay kids. Um, oh, cool. Easy yeah, enough. So that's yeah, it's like a whole like Q and A book by Kristen um, Russo, um, who is the founder of Everyone Is Gay, which is a wonderful organization. Um, They they're not super active now. They were. Um, more active like five or so years ago on the internet um, but they started on tumblr and they did um, LGBT advice for LGBTQ plus teens um, but yeah there's a lot of resources out there starting with books starting with like just Google searching like just getting yourself up on kind of like the glossary um, getting like a little bit more of a robust understanding of the gender spectrum um and just kind of like doing your research, watch some queer kid stuff videos. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or not. And I call it all ages content for a reason. And I think it's important to just do do the work on your own and read stuff Mm -hmm. by queer authors and learn about the queer experience. And I and watch queer TV shows, um under and just kind of like getting to know Mm -hmm. people in a new way who are, who, you know, identify across the spectrum. Um, If you're looking for like a trans woman of color, who's a really good read, Janet Mock has a bunch of books. Um, And there's just, there's just a lot out there of people telling their story and, you know, everyone's story is different, but it's, it's going to have a similar vein of struggle and like of mental health and of like understanding and coming to terms with people's identities and how kind of people Go about that in different ways. And I think, yeah, just kind of like learning and also unlearning structures that you've grown up with um, is, the, those are both just like really important processes of like unlearning and then rebuilding that knowledge in kind of like a new way. Um, so, yeah, that's all really important. And there are lots of resources for that on the inter- internet. Um, read memoirs. Um, there are lots of like kind of like uh, definition books that are like super um, 101 friendly. Oh, nice! Yeah, and just start kind of like immersing yourself in, in that knowledge and and you know doing that work. It's important. Um, and then I think yeah, if you're a parent of a queer kid, P Flag is an amazing organization. It's I think it's international, but mostly I know the branches in the, in the states. Um, they've got chapters in almost every major city, I think. Um and in every state, I'm pretty sure. So P Flag, P F L A G, um, parents of le- uh, it stands for parents of lesbian and gay kids. Awesome, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's all really important. That's and that's kind of meetups for parents who are kind of like whose kids are coming out or uh-huh. who kids are transitioning, things like that. Um, it, it includes trans, parents of trans kids now. And uh, it, it's just great to have, like, kind of that resource for parents um, who are kind of, like, figuring that out with their children. Um, so PFLAG's great. Trevor Project was also great for, for young people. If you are looking for community, they have, like, an online community where people, uh, where kids can kind of, like, connect with each other. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot out on the Internet. Um, just got to kind of start looking for it.
1: Oh my gosh. And I'm going to do all my homework and I'm going to write all of these down and they're going to be included in the show notes. So if you want those, um, scroll down, click, enjoy, navigate. Um, Yes. Oh, I love this. It's so good. It's so important. I really, really hope that you've taken this time to really expand your level of understanding and be kind of curious, plant that seed. You know, this isn't like be completely accepting in an hour. Welcome to my podcast. It's just like, this is food for thought. And if we're not learning and growing, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Suffering? Like, um, that's optional. Uh, Wow. So many things. Please check out Lindsay's web series at Queer Kids Stuff. She's also got a podcast like we talked about. It's called Activist You, where she talks to kid activists and social justice, justice, movers and fighters, shakers, topics check it out. Um, and she was actually, they were actually on Lindsay's Ted talk. Uh, Lindsay was on Ted talk and is available for speaking engagements, performance engagements. Um, so if you mostly virtual right now, (laughs) yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, I, I just, man, if you're a principal or a teacher and want to present this to your principal, if you are someone that is involved in a community, um, This is like, I I remember being a kid, if you're a parent, uncomfortable talking about these things, you can take your kid to the science center and they will talk about the birds and the bees and someone can be uncomfortable talking about it instead of you. So (laughs) if you don't want to be the person that has this conversation, um, Lindsay will gladly do it for you. Um, The world is ever changing. Please, if you're looking for a sign to uh, be a part of it and a way to contribute, um, the world always needs more allies and this cro- this community is ever growing. So being an ally um, is so important. I can't express that enough. Um, well, do it, be it, practice it, we're all humans. Thank you, Lindsay for all of your time. Thanks for being the contribution that you are. Thanks for following like your experience, your passion and not just like doing something about it, but getting educated about it, living it, breathing it, um, seeing the gap and feeling it and oh, not stopping. Thanks. Like this work is so important. Um, It's been such an honor and a pleasure. And I'm so grateful um, to have met you and have been able to do this. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's fun. Yay, it really is. Um, Until next time, listener, where I bring on individuals to help support you be more empowered in whatever topic they bring to bring individuals who are facing adversity, who's overcome it, who've turned things around and who are out doing something about it. And while the stories don't need to be your own, you don't need to identify with them, how can you take this and go have a conversation and allow that conversation to ripple out in more ways than you could possibly imagine. And that's this work. And that's the power of this work. So go do be whoever you want to be and get empowered.